Today on the Travel Guide. In the travel news, the State Department updates the travel advisory for Israel and the governor and the FTC move forward on eliminating junk fees. Those stories next in the news. In our Smarter Traveler segment at 1120, Mark thinks that he has found hotel's final solution for housekeeping issues, and he isn't very happy about it. At 11.35, we'll break down the bill the governor signed this week banning junk fees in California and talk about what immediate action could be taken now to help resolve the problem outside California. Mark has been out on Route 66 this past week, still there, sort of, and he'll share some travel tips from the Mother Road at uh, 11.50. Busy week, lots of good information to share. Thank you for the privilege of your time. Welcome to the travel. On the road again, stopping everywhere, man. Get your kicks on Route 66. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget now, follow along at TravelGuysRadio.com. We're brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Mentioned that on occasion. And Mark Hoffman has a group of travelers out on the Mother Road. We're going to talk more in depth about that in a little bit. But right now, let's check in with Mark, find out where he is and what's going on. Hey, hello from Arizona, from Petrified Forest National Park, where... In the last hour, we've experienced an eclipse of the sun. And so now we are back picking up our activities on the Mother Road. It's been, uh, we're we're doing the second half of the highway from Oklahoma City to Santa Monica with a little detour in Albuquerque a couple days ago to see part of the balloon fiesta there, which if you ever get a chance to go to Albuquerque for the balloon fiesta, even if you think you don't really care about watching balloons go up in the sky. I suggest you go because you might change your opinion. Yeah, if you Google it online and take a look, uh, there's some videos. It has to be just fantastic up close. Hey, I have to ask, the eclipse, how did you guys, how did you see it? What was the method of watching? Well, it just got kind of dark. We're on a, in a motor coach. So, and we don't have special glasses or special things like that to be able to look at the sun. So, um, we just experienced the the darkening of the the sky sky and the landscape for a few minutes there, and uh, that was all kind of interesting. Now we're looking at pieces of petrified wood on the forest floor all over here. It's really quite interesting. Petrified uh, forest. I mean, most people have seen a piece or two of petrified wood at some point in time in their life, but here there is a lot of it. <laughs> All right. Well, look, folks, at the top of every Travel Guys radio show, we bring you up to date on the travel news. With it, here's Mark Hoffman. Well, Tom, it's been an interesting week in, in travel news. Um, first, here's a, a, a note from the uh, blog site One Mile at a Time. Um, asking the question, are U.S. ultra-low-cost carriers in big trouble? Now, just in case you don't know how to sort through all of that, ultra-low-cost carriers would be defined as Allegiant, which doesn't serve Sacramento, Spirit, which does, and Frontier, which also serves here. These are carriers that charge a very, very low initial 
fair and then add a whole pile of surcharges and fees for everything that they can think of mm-hmm. on top of it. Um, these carriers don't fly internationally. Uh, they fly mostly domestically. The, de- the demand increase this year has been on international travel. So these guys are seeing not only not an increased demand, but since revenge travel, you know, people making up time for COVID, has kind of fizzled, uh, the budget airlines, the ultra-low-cost carriers, are starting to hurt a little bit. Maybe it's because there's a little bit too much demand. Maybe it's because their market segment isn't traveling as much anymore. But uh, it's, it's really kind of interesting. Frontier Airlines this last week issued a kind of a warning and said that, uh, you know, they don't know what's going on. That kind of scares me. Um, makes me think that, you know, I hope these guys don't run out of money. Um, anyways, do your homework. I would never fly on one of those guys anyways. But if that's your thing, yeah. getting uh, inex- really super inexpensive airfares, uh, and perhaps not flying with luggage or anything that has to be put in the overhead carry-on or something like that, why then more power to you. Right. But yeah. I'm not sure that Spirit and Frontier and Allegiant and everybody else is all going to be around at the end of the day. If you are flying Amtrak, I'm flying. If you are taking Amtrak sometime in the foreseeable future and you are on the East Coast, um, Amtrak's main corridor there is from Boston to New York down to Washington, D.C. Over the last six to eight months, they have had an inordinate number of delays. They have claimed that a lot of the delays are a result of hot weather and the like. But their claims of hot weather and the days the weather is hot don't exactly line up. Uh, something is going on there. We're not sure exactly what yet, but we'll keep on it and try to give you an update when one comes along. In the meantime, if you're planning on using Amtrak in that Northeast Corridor, make sure that you have allowed yourself a little extra time because their on-time record is suffering. The first U.S. flight taking Americans out of Israel landed in Athens, Greece on Friday. A White House official confirmed with Reuters News Services. The State Department announced on Thursday it would be arranging to charter flights for U.S. citizens looking to return to America to escape the war between Israel and Hamas. Um, So far, uh, they have spoken to a number of major U.S. airlines who have said that they would be happy to help ferry these folks um, back via Athens or any other connecting flight points in Europe from Israel. Um, So we'll see what happens in the meantime. Also, the State Department has issued an update saying that it is not safe to travel to Israel, Gaza, or the West Bank right now or for the foreseeable future, and they strongly recommend that you not travel to those places now or in the foreseeable future. So uh, more than two dozen U.S. citizens have been killed in the attack and dozens more remain unaccounted for. Yeah, I can tell you, Mark, I I would imagine that... uh, International travel right now is is feeling a little shaky. I would think so. I would think that that I'm not a huge international traveler myself in terms of I I, I like domestic travel. I like going where people speak English, um, United States, Canada, maybe an occasional trip to Mexico. But I'm 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 pretty much a homebody when it comes to that. Lots and lots and lots of travelers, however, or not international traveler travel has been booming this year. So, yes, I'm sure now you have two wars going on 
on the other side of the planet and always the possibility that something could happen from there. So, yes, I would say for international travelers, it's a time of reflection. Of course, if you're planning something for next summer or the like, why you're going to hope that this doesn't impact you. But if you were planning on going over to Europe or someplace for the holidays this year, why I'm going to suggest to you that this may get in the way a little bit. All right, let's uh, shift to Las Vegas. There is a new attraction in Las Vegas called the Sphere. Yeah. Um, it's a 60-foot, 66-foot high round circle. It's out on the Strip. It's been getting a lot of attention from folks. Um, you go inside. It's uh, a advanced, very advanced technology. It's a theater where you will see a, a show about our planet. Um, the, the thing that's really interesting, it's getting a lot of press and a lot of PR, but when you go online, you look at what their reviews are and what the prices are, then ouch. Tickets yeah. run between 89 and $169. Wow. And their rating so far on a scale of 1 to 5, Tom, is a 3.4. Oh, that's that's not good. I saw we saw the the sphere. It, it, it was finished and uh, lit up when we visited <laughs> Vegas so a month or so ago. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, there was a U2 concert inside the sphere just recently. You are correct. I saw some photos of someone that we're acquainted with was there. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, it was rocking. And uh, you could see the graphics that you see on the outside, of course, are seen on the ceiling on the inside. And uh, it's, it's, it's quite a spectacle. You know, everything's costly in Las Vegas. It'll cost you at least $125, $130 to see an hour and a half uh, good Vegas show. Uh, ones that are decent, worth seeing anyway. So, you know, that is a little pricey. Uh, I guess it depends on, you know, a lot of people will go. It's, it's new. People Here's like an new idea. Stuff. If you've been to Las Vegas and have had an experience with the Sphere or know somebody who has and you want to share an opinion, go to TravelGuysRadio.com. There's a place there where you can send us a little note. And if you send me a note, I'll get in touch with you. And uh, maybe we can have you on the program. You can tell us first person, good, bad, or otherwise. A 3.4 rating on a scale of 1 to 5 translates to 6.8 on a (laughs) 1 to 10. If I saw a restaurant with a 6.8 rating, I would not go there. (laughs) <laughs> so there you go. Um, junk fees. It's been uh, something we've talked about a lot on this program. And finally, the needle is starting to move. Last week, Governor Newsom signed a bill that outlaws junk fees in California by this, by spring of next year. Um, we don't have all the details yet of everything that it's going to uh, going to cover, but we're going to talk a little bit more about this uh, in uh, in one of our segments at uh, 11.35 today. The FTC, it turns out, is in a position to take action against junk fees. They don't need any approval from Congress. They have the ability to create a law, a rule, not a law, a rule, um, that could ban junk fees, could save us all a lot of money. Remember what the governor has done only prohibits companies that are selling travel in California. So uh, we would all like to see that expanded to the entire country. 
Obviously, we'd love to see it expanded to the planet, but let's start with the country. But right now, the FTC has the ability to do some more. We will talk more about both of those, the governor and the FTC, in our segment at three three thirty five at eleven thirty five. I'm still living on the on the Sunday show, Tom. <laughs> At 11.35 today. Okay, Uh, we've talked about pilots, um, them threatening to strike over the last six months. They have all gotten from airlines huge salary increases between 34 and 40% over a four-year period, increases in benefits and other substantial concessions. Now it's time for the airlines to pay the piper. Pilots might be important, but you can't fly an airplane unless you have somebody to load the luggage, grease the wheels, back up the aircraft, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And there's these things called flight attendants. Um, many of them are nice people who work hard. And uh, so now they're standing up and saying, hey, uh, if pilots are going to get 34 to 40% more, what about us? Also, the service workers are saying the same thing. The busy holiday travel season is coming up. Uh, multiple carriers, Alaska, American Southwest, United, Alaska, flight attendants, labor contracts are coming up for renegotiation. So we will see. I still tend to think that they will work these things out because it costs the airlines a lot of money. But flight attendants and baggage handlers mm-hmm. are not pilots. So we'll just see what happens there. Anyways, that is your travel news for today. All right, Mark, All right, let's Mark, talk let's about... Talk about uh, I, I think this stems from something that uh, has recently happened to you. Yes. Our discussion about uh, hotels and a solution to housekeeping. Explain. Stayed in a Hampton Inn in Amarillo, Texas a couple of nights ago. Uh, Hampton is a Hilton brand. And you know, nondescript, let's, let's face it, Hampton is a, is a middle-of-the-road uh, brand. But I found very interesting something, a sticker that was on the bathroom Screen. You can see a copy of the sticker at TravelGuysRadio.com. It says, complimentary housekeeping by request. To request a stayover cleaning or just a few extra towels, simply call or stop by the front desk and we'll be happy to help. And then there's pictures of, 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 of graphics of make bed, bathroom refresh, empty trash. So that's what you get if you, if you call the front desk and ask for complimentary housekeeping by request. Remember, housekeeping used to be included. Mm-hmm. Now we're phrasing it as complimentary housekeeping by request. That should put up a little bit of a red flag. For stays of four nights or longer, we will provide a full room cleaning every fifth day using Lysol protection. So, <laughs> um, and I suspect, I suspect... By seeing this in a Hilton sticker on the screen in the bathroom, they didn't print 200 of these. They printed 20 or 50 or 200,000 or whatever number of hotel rooms are in their system. And my guess is that you're going to start seeing these all over the place. Complimentary housekeeping by request. Good grief. (laughs) So what's happened is hotel rates have gone up an astronomical amount the last couple, three years in many places. Not all, but in many places and by modest amounts in others. We have lost housekeeping. We've lost most of the people who work at the front desk who have any experience in problem solving or could help us or provide any level of customer service. And so now we get complimentary housekeeping on request. But guess what? 
We are, we're not getting, you know, you used, in the old days, if you didn't want housekeeping, you told them you'd skip housekeeping, they'd give you a few extra uh, awards points or right. mm-hmm. a few dollars off your bill, right? Right, $5 uh, at, the, at the snack bar or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So there's none of that going on here. Um, what has happened, flat out, is that hotels have reduced the level of service they're providing people and raised their prices. And I just, it aggravates the living bejesus out of me to see this phrase the way it is. Complimentary housekeeping by request. And if you want their complimentary housekeeping, if you just need a few extra towels, why heck, stop by the front desk and we'll be happy to help you. So what you, it's not really complimentary housekeeping by request. It's get your butt down to the desk and we'll be happy to give you some clean towels. You can pick the dirty ones up yourself. (laughs) Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Yeah. Now tell us how you really feel. (laughs) I just, I mean, come on. There are very few hotels that have gone back to daily housekeeping. There are a few. Um, My company uses the Marriott Marquis in Times Square in New York. That's one of them. I have found that in small towns that oftentimes they're still doing daily housekeeping. But I get it. It's hard for them to find help. It's hard for them to find housekeeping help. Um, but why do I have to pay for something that I used to get for free? And you're going to call it complimentary housekeeping by request. By God, isn't that just a Christian virtue sort of thing from the hotel chains to provide us with this complimentary housekeeping that we already paid for? <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, welcome to uh, the new world. I don't know, Mark. What a, what a, what a, what a, we just got to suck it up, I guess, or what? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know that there's any answer to this. It's, it's something that we've kind of seen coming during COVID. They didn't have any business or any housekeepers, so they had to make some, some changes. And when they found out how much money those changes saved them, you know, it's sort of like resort fees and some of the other ways that hotels stick it to us. Do you and think- this is just another way that they're sticking it to us. Do you think that they will try to stick it to us even further by changing it to adding a, a, another line on the little sign on the mirror that says that if you would like housekeeping, you can pay a little extra per night and add it to your bill? Or, be, or better yet, or better yet, you know, the, the, the junk fees that we're trying to get rid of, that will become one of them going in. They'll say, well, this is the price of the room, and we'll tell you ahead of time with no complimentary housekeeping, and then here's the price, and you can pick an a la carte once every three days, whatever you choose, but you're going to have to pay for it. It's sort of like seating on the airlines. Um, they cut down the legroom, but the fares didn't get cut. So this is the same sort of thing. We're cutting down the level of service, and we're not going to give you any consideration for it. In fact, Um, We would pretty much prefer that you just pick up and clean up after yourself. I mean, if you could clean the room before you leave, we'd really appreciate that. Um, And bring the dirty towels down to the desk and maybe vacuum. I mean, we could leave a vacuum at the door. And perhaps if you could just take a few minutes and vacuum. And while you're doing that, maybe we'll we'll leave a rag and uh, some pledge. You know, you you could dust down the furniture a little bit. Just don't, you know, don't feel that you have to bring that stuff back down to the desk. Just leave it in the room. We'll pick it up later. Because after all, it's complimentary. I'm sorry. You're hilarious today. It's a screw job is what it is. I mean, it's stick it to the consumer. 
and make more money. And I just don't, I, I, I don't get it. I do, however, want to just quickly say here, uh, congratulations to the hotels that have taken a different approach to this or have returned to everyday housekeeping or have offered people some kind of a discount or some kind of a credit or something for not accepting housekeeping because maybe they just don't have enough housekeepers. I mean, I get all of that, but Anyways, enough of that. Uh, we have some more fun things to talk about after the bottom of the hour. That old, those, those old uh, resort fees and stuff like that might just be going away. Don't forget now, TravelGuysRadio.com links to uh, a lot of the stuff we talk about. Certainly had some great pictures of the uh, balloon festival that we talked about earlier. Mark is out on the road, Route 66, uh, trouncing through the petrified forest, I think is what he told us last. That's it. That's it. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of our experiences here on the Mother Road, Route 66 is going to have its centennial in three years. If you're looking for an all-American experience, this is really it. And I have some ideas. We, we're doing the second half from Oklahoma City to Santa Monica. So we'll talk a little bit about that in the next segment. We have one of our causes here on this program for a number of years has been the, uh, the garbage fees, the junk fees, the resort fees, the destination fees, the, the surcharges that restaurants add, the, all of this garbage that... that uh, travel suppliers have figured out ways to, uh, again, as we talked in the last segment, it's just another way to stick it to us and try to convince us that that's not what has happened. So for a long time, we've we've hoped that somebody would stick, that somebody in government in particular would maybe stick in and stand up for the consumers. And it appears as though um, Governor Newsom has done that by signing a bill last week that is basically going to tell all of these folks that by uh, the middle of next year, um, all of this stuff has to be gone, and the way it has to be gone is that if you're a hotel and your room is $150 and you're charging a $25 resort fee, you can't advertise the room for $150 on the first screen and then add $25 at the end and when the person is making the reservation or after they've made it and say, oh, here's $25 more, or worse yet, you get to the hotel and find out there's some kind of fee that's being added to your bill that you were never told about. Now, according to California law, people who are selling you these things in California, only in California, if you're traveling to New York, this isn't going to help you, um, will have to, that same hotel on the first screen would now have to say that the room costs $175 and that the hotel room is $150 and the resort fee is $25 and therefore the cost of the room is $175 plus whatever taxes that you might have to pay. So now you can compare that cost of that room because the taxes are, are going to be the same percentage if you're at the same destination. So uh, taxes are not really a variable here, except uh, obviously the, ta the amount of tax will vary with the amount of the room, but the percentage will not. But what will happen is that everybody will have to put what the final price is, and right now they're hiding that final price by being able to get to wait until later on in the the reservation process and then throw that in on you or in some cases not throw it in, to you until the final bill comes. Um, in San Francisco, you pay a, uh, what is it, a, an employee's benefits fee. Mm -hmm. And in many restaurants, it doesn't say anywhere on the menu that this is going to be added to your bill. And uh, one restaurant that I was in recently in San Francisco had it in about three-point type, I mean literally, down in the very bottom right-hand corner of the menu. So it would have been extremely difficult for people to see. 
And so your bill comes and now an extra three and a half, four percent has been added to it. And you're like, what the heck is this? Why didn't it say on the menu that was posted outside the door that, you know, prices do not include this fee? If everybody is charging it and everybody tells us about it, then why would it be a big deal? And maybe that's important. Or maybe as a business, you could just, you know, put that extra four percent into the cost of your product if it's something that you have to pay your employees. That's what I do. As a business person, I'm sure there are other business people listening to this program right now who would say the same thing. So the governor has taken, I think, a huge step here towards getting us out of this junk fee mess in California. And, you know, a lot of times things happen in California that pave the way for things to happen in other parts of the country. And this could very well be the example. The headline on Travel Pulse this week says, New FTC Junk Fee Ban Proposal could save travelers money. Uh, The Federal Trade Commission, that's the FTC, has announced a new proposed rule that would make it illegal for businesses to charge so-called junk fees, which are often hidden from consumers, um, which if passed would save travelers money on on everything from tickets to events to accommodations. For those of you who are Swifties and went to a Taylor Swift concert last year, um, you paid a huge fee on top of the ticket price which wasn't divulged to you until, you know, and you were just happy to get the tickets most likely. But still, those charges should be explained up front. And now the FTC, turns out, they don't need Congress's approval. They can make a rule to ban these junk fees and make markets more fair and more competitive. Um, This proposed rule comes during a year, as we've reported here on this program, when big travel companies like Frontier Airlines, Marriott, Hilton, and Hyatt have faced lawsuits or investigations into their charging travelers hidden fees. So if the rule is enacted, it would be illegal to advertise a price that hides a mandatory fee. Same as I explained with the hotel, the $150 hotel and the $25 resort fee, this would become a national rule. So the junk fees would go away. Um, I will suggest to you that for travelers, this is a good thing. It's not a tremendous amount of money, perhaps now. You make a week-long vacation to Hawaii, and you're paying $40 a night for a resort fee, and you stay six nights. That's 240 bucks. So it's probably not going to mean that you're not going to go on the vacation. But I'm going to suggest to you that this is not going to get any better. More and more, you're going to see restaurants, hotels, attractions adding these hidden fees. Why? Because they can. And so not everybody is a legitimate business and not everybody treats their customers with respect. And in this case, some of these major corporations may have to backpedal a little bit. So this is a good thing, both in California and um, the F- if the FTC decides to move forward, it will mean that, you know, government does a lot of things in our lives that, uh, you know, that really get in our way and sometimes make life really difficult. This is an opportunity for government to show that they can do something good for all of us that will save us all a buck and also create a level playing field for the companies that are not charging these hidden fees. Now their price, which is was their price, their complete price to start with, will be compared against prices that these other people are putting out that have all these hidden fees included. So we'll have a more level level competitive playing field. Maybe all these fees will go away. Maybe Hilton and Marriott and, and Hyatt decide that they can still have destination fees or resort fees. But any good accountant uh, will tell you, or tax attorney will tell you, 
that there are ways that this revenue goes into their system and the tax ramifications are not the same as for other revenue. So that's one of the reasons that they do it the way they do it. If you're just joining us, it's Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys. Uh, And we're talking about, of course, the uh, breaking down the the, the new bill governor signed this past week. Mark, what kind of actions can folks take immediately uh, to, to help resolve this problem outside of California? Well, I don't know. There's no way really for us as consumers to pressure the FTC. And the governor has signed the bill in California, so we've sort of gotten what we want uh, in California. It remains to have the I's dotted and the T's crossed. But, um, you know, there's no way to pressure the FTC. But the way the consumers can – the reason that this is happening is because people are fed up with this. So you need to continue to let travel suppliers know that, you know, you may do business with them because you may not have a lot of choices in some cases, but that you're going to consider doing business with someone else and that you're really unhappy and disappointed that they choose to to charge people in the way that they do. Um, If you do that, you take the time to do it. Another way to do it is, for those of you who are social media people, um, go to a hotel's website. And post and put a post on there that says, you know, I stayed at this hotel and they charged me a $35 a night destination fee. And I got 10% off on a bicycle rental and two free bottles of water and a bunch of other crap that I didn't need. And that I wouldn't have paid money for in the first place. So this is an opportunity. Um, Continue to ride them. Continue to stay after them. Because if they really feel like that they have something to gain by doing away with these fees... I mean, they're going to lose revenue and they're going to lose money. But if they feel like that there's something to gain, maybe one of the hotel chains steps up if they see the writing on the wall and says, you know what, we're going to do this now. Because that's what happens sometimes in business if you can see that there's an advantage to be had. Well, there you go. That's uh, more than one man's opinion. We are the Travel Guys, and let's, uh, let's shift gears here coming. Let's go, let's go to Mark's happy place. Just, just to clarify, the old highway starts in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, so not quite all the way to the East Coast, but Chicago. And uh, we did Chicago to, to Oklahoma City in the spring mm-hmm. uh, in, what was that, about uh, nine days, ten days? And this SAF is nine days. So if you, if you spent, if you drove from Chicago to Los Angeles in a car, you could probably do it in three or four days. So we're taking 19 days total. Um, on two uh, split into two halves to cover it, and the reason we take more time is because um, Route 66 is not a, a road that where you're trying to rush from point A to point B. This is about an old highway that's been that was decommissioned 40 years ago, and a lot of the, the it was replaced by five interstates. In some cases, the old highway runs right next to the interstate, which has allowed some of the old businesses to, to survive. Um, new businesses have popped up. And parts of the old highway that are not long in, along interstates have really started to thrive. Not all of them, but some of them. And in three years, uh, Route 66, which was uh, a, a dream that started in 1926, uh, we will be 2026, so that highway will be 100 years old. And a lot of the, a lot of the folks, old folks along the highway and stuff are, are pointing to, to that. Every state has a centennial commission and they're all planning uh, on big things for Route 66 for 2026. But in the meantime, the highway is still out there. And uh, we flew into Oklahoma City at the, uh, on Monday and started making our way 
um, to Santa Monica. We will get there next uh, Tuesday afternoon, and then we'll fly back home to to Sacramento. Well, I have to ask a, a few questions here. Bear with me okay. now, because I got a long list, but we'll try to keep it within the length of the show. Uh, there's a lot of things that I know uh, stand out for people on Route 66, and one of them uh, I know we've talked about, and that is uh, the people that you meet. And we'll delve into that, but let's talk about let's talk about the food. You know, yeah. What's what's been the best meal you've had on the road so far uh, on this trip? Oh man, the best meal was dinner last night at La Posada, which is in Winslow, Arizona, um, and it's a La Posada is an old train, old Harvey House trains depot that fell into ruin and has been restored um, gloriously and has uh, the turquoise room, which is the dining room here, is just, I mean, it's it's a renowned dining room, not just on Route 66 or in the state of Arizona, but is one of the best places to eat in the country. Uh, and we had just an amazing dinner there last night. Of course, you know, you, it comes at a price. Uh, amazing dinners and great restaurants are, you know, not nine ninety nine. But there are lots of places along Old 66 where you can pop in. And on this particular trip, I decided I was going to try to find the perfect chicken fried steak. And uh, I've had a couple so far, and not one that really has scored a 9 or a 10. So I'll probably try and we're, we're, we're getting out of the Midwest, so chicken fried steak is going to be a little tougher to come by. Yeah. But uh, that's an example of the type of thing. And also a lot of wonderful regional specialties. In Santa Fe, which was on the original alignment of the old highway, um, they have a thing called Frito Pie, mm-hmm. which is you know basically uh, chili poured over the top of Fritos, um, sometimes while they're still in the bag, which can be fun. Um, <laughs> Are you you've, got, you've got Navajo tacos up here in, in Arizona now. Um, of course, in Oklahoma, you've got barbecue. Um, as we came through Texas, same thing, barbecue, and we ate at the Big Texan one night, which is a, uh, a very famous steakhouse in Amarillo where if you can eat a four-pound, let's see, four, 30, 16, 32, yeah, four-pound four steak mm-hmm. in an hour along with the salad and the roll and the potato and all the stuff that comes with it, it's free. Um, if you don't eat it in an hour, then you have to pay for it. So that could be a little bit of a downside, but they put you on a stage in the middle of the restaurant with a ticking clock and oh, all that right. kind of stuff. So it makes it kind of fun. There are a, if you like comfort food and you like road food, then this is the place. And the great thing about 66 is as you change, basically as we've come along from Oklahoma to Texas to New Mexico, New Mexico cuisine is unique to the country anyway. And now into Arizona, um, we're finding, and of course. Route 66 passes through Native American lands, uh, Navajo and Zumi and, and other Native American tribes. So there's in, in New Mexico and Arizona, there's a tremendous influence on the food and the culture along the old highway. There are several pueblos that you can go to and lot, lots of monuments. Uh, today we were in the, uh, yesterday we were in the cultural center in Gallup learning a little bit about the code talkers um, who were guys in World War II, Native Americans who had a language that the Japanese couldn't figure out. And so it was used for a lot of top-secret things. And these, these code talkers, these gentlemen who knew how to speak uh, Native American languages that couldn't be decoded, uh, became war heroes, basically. And so their legend lives on in Gallup, New Mexico. That's the kind of stuff 
that you know you might not normally take the time to see or seek out. Um, we're going to have a tour here of this old uh, Harvey House rail station uh, tomorrow afternoon by somebody who is a Harvey girl, who were the girls who worked on the trains and in some of the Harvey House hotels along the route in days gone by. So it's really any, any trip on Route 66 is all about nostalgia. If you like things off the beaten track and you like things that are different, then uh, if you can fall in love with a 95-year-old barber in Seligman, Arizona who fought like crazy 25, 30 years ago to get parts of this road declared historic in his state, which then helped it become, which created a model that allowed people in other states to do the same thing. And basically this old guy who runs a, who's a barber and whose family runs a a drive-in in Seligman, Arizona, a fast food restaurant, has become a legend um, because he's helped save this piece of American history for a lot of people. And it's a piece of living history because it's people are out here every single day. Today we were standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. and I bet that uh, was quite a sight to see. Uh-huh. And not only that, there was a girl, my lord, in a flatbed Ford slowing down to take a look at me. Um, they've got a whole picture opportunity there with a flatbed Ford. <laughs> Um, a real one, really, and murals on the walls and statues and things where you can stop. And not only was our group there, but lots of other folks had stopped to take um, their picture and capture a, a little piece, two little pieces of American history together at once. Lots of these old little towns, Tucumcari, New Mexico, has dozens of murals that have been painted around town that you can drive around and see. Never mind some of the streets have a lot of potholes in them, but um, it's something that they're proud of in that town. And every one of these little towns has something that um, that they're proud of and trying to get people off of that interstate and to come into their town and spend a few bucks because that's what the old Highway Route 66 is about. It's about making a buck. Well, there you go. And uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in, this is the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano. Mark is on the old highway, and we're talking about uh, the, the trip he's on currently with some sports leisure vacationers. Mark, I know you've done this trip for many, many uh, decades now. I imagine uh, it was probably one of your early, early trips. Uh, do you still find stuff that you haven't run across off the beaten path? One more off the beaten path, a little turn or a nook and cranny that you haven't discovered before? Yeah, all, all the time. Um, basically, first of all, that's my job, to find those places for people who travel with us, so that's that's part of what we look for. But an example, uh, not on this half, but on the half we did in the spring from Chicago um, to Oklahoma City in Springfield, Illinois, we had a lady who at uh, an attraction who explained to us the black version of traveling on Route 66 and what that was like in the 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s with um, with white and colored. Uh, in quotes, waiting rooms in in bus and train depots uh, along the old highway and and things of that sort, how people had to, you know, know where to be and how there were sundown towns and stuff like that. So um, there's American culture to the good side and to the not so good side to be found on this road. But it it depends on what you want. If you just want to come out and drive the old highway and say, oh, that's kind of neat and let's stop and have some more food. Um, It's there for you if you want all history that's there for you too, and if you just want the unusual, 
Well, I, the unusual is definitely out here on Route 66. Okay. There are lots and lots and lots of characters. Yeah. But you can't just – you got to do your homework. You know, it's like anything else. Or you hire somebody who does your homework for you. You're like you. Okay, all right. You, you, you've uh, you've tantalized me here. Give me, give me some weird and unusual. Top two. Some weird and unusual. Well, there's a gal in uh, Galena, Kansas – who uh, calls herself Melba the Mouth, who was part of a, her in a tow truck that sits outside, and a guy who can turn his entire foot around in a circle um, were all inspirations for characters in cars. Um, there's uh, Angel and Seligman, who is the, the, the old barber who helps save the road. Um, there are all these guys just the, and ladies along the way. Uh, we've lost some of them. Remember, this highway's been here for 97 years. So a lot of the people who were icons along the road are gone, but new icons are kind of taking their place, and new things are are popping up to because after all the highway is all about commerce. It's just about serving people who are traveling. So you got to get them off the interstate and get them into these little towns. But if you can do that and you've got something special in a restaurant, some local specialty that you serve, some kind of festival. Um, you know, Albuquerque's not exactly off the beaten track, but there are hundreds of thousands of people there watching balloons going up all week. Time to wrap it up. Another edition of the Travel Guys radio program in the book. Mark, uh, thanks so much for bringing us up to date on the route. Uh, it's been a fun show. It has, it has been. It's been a fun trip. We'll be in Santa Monica on Tuesday, and I'll be back on the road next Saturday. And good news on those junk fees. In the meantime, dance like nobody's watching. All right, my friends, thanks for coming along. We'll see you next Saturday, 11 a.m., for the next edition of Travel Guys.